Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. All right, second hour, it's Adam, JBT, Steve Cofield, nowhere to be found. Actually, we were a late call. I got a call from Doug. He was like, I don't know where Steve is. Can you, can you guys just do this? I was like, all right, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was off today. I don't know about you. Yeah. I was actually holed up. I haven't left this chair in this room. So, spoiler, we're, I'm recording like a super play, like a NBA playoff preview, Hardwood Handicappers podcast, and got a whole bunch of the people who contributed to our preseason guide on. And so I've just been sitting at this desk since like 11 just recording interviews and doing interviews and doing other things. So, and I got two more to do when we're done. Hard knock life, bro. Wow. wow. Worker. And, and late night. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. You're I guess leaving. so. You're never yeah, leaving that chair. My voice is going to be shot by the time I get to the end. I'm going to start drinking tea and honey. Perfect. I shouldn't be so soft though. Soft like Kyrie Irving. Right? He's soft. That's what social media says. So I don't know what that means, Ari. If you're going to leave, leave. I think it's supposed to do the three. Oh, okay. Let's do the three. It's time for the three. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Kyrie Irving's a pansy. Right? That's what we're supposed to do. He's soft. He's psycho. We don't know anything about him. He's a clown. So let's talk about a couple of things here. First off, do you give him credit for joining the 50-40-90 club this year despite the missed time? Well, first of all, I'm sad that Ari left because he's not in the studio anymore. You said he didn't know what 50-40-90 was. I was hoping to just ask, like, Ari, what, is he, what does he think 50-40-90 could be? <laughs> we'll save that question for him. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I would assume he... I mean, I would assume he read the article that he, he sent in, but he can't even read the rundown that I sent him like six hours before the show. So. No, no. It, it, I mean, you said it. By the way, I was still awake when you sent it this morning, uh, which was it was like 7 a.m. Yeah. And I responded right away to you because I was, I was still awake. So, um, yeah, and I actually got an email from work at that time, and, they were, and I responded, and they were like, oh, you're up early today. I was like, no, I'm still awake. Uh, but yeah, I, I was still awake when I got that. Yeah, um, you're right. He didn't. There's no way he read it, so he wouldn't know. Does he still get credit? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think he played enough games. It's not like he played two games, and right. you know he he qualified. Not like Tony like, Snow, right? Um, so I, I think he gets credit for that, even though it's you know it, it, a full season, and it's not even a full season scheduled, and then he didn't even play right. all the games that were scheduled. So I get why uh, there might be some, you know, some poo-pooing of the accomplishment, but it's still a great accomplishment to uh, to to pull off. And so I, I'm going to say yes. He played in exactly 75% of his team's games. Sure. And that, that's, the, that's the threshold, right? Yeah. Whoa. So, yeah. Whoa. You're back. Wait, what? Yeah, I know, right? For people who can't see, we're on camera with each other, and like the color has completely changed on my camera, so I'm like in a purple I just, tint. I was just say, did you change? <laughs> like you you disappeared from camera for like for like thirty seconds, and I feel like you changed shirts. No, it's just there's something going off my camera. Okay, good enough. I got like a purple hue. Good it's pretty enough. good. 
Oh, now, it. thank God I didn't send Ari this audio clip because oh, Ari's back. Just Ari's over. back, by the way. Oh, look at this, Ari. What is the fifty forty ninety club? What do you think fifty forty ninety means? Well, I understood what it was. I just didn't know it was a thing. But uh, 50 percent field goal percentage, forty on the three pointers, and ninety on free throws. Adam's going. Wow! Oh, oh man! Uh, come on! That's... It's the only sport. Basketball is actual sport that I. I'm still a novice, but I'm just saying I can, like, I know a few things that I didn't just learn from the show. So, it's your favorite sport? Yeah, definitely. You like but the way yeah. they dribble up and down the court? Yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know that that was like, a, I didn't know that was a real club. That's pretty cool, I think. I think it's pretty good numbers, don't you think? Yeah, he gets a jacket and everything. There you go. <laughs> I'm just stunned. Yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> what kind of jacket do you think they get? <laughs> I like to picture like a cool like Letterman high school jacket, you know? It says like a fifty, a forty, and a ninety. Or yeah. it has like a it has like a five, a four, and a nine with like a big zero that kind of connects all of them. Yeah, you know, something like that. Maybe yep. sprawled across the back. Is this when you're maybe, the team? Is this where I'm supposed to be like, really? Oh, can I order one? Is there uh how do you get to it? And no, I don't it? want to distract you anymore because we're an hour and seven minutes in. I, I realize that it is a uh a fictional club, that it's not an actual club you get a letterman's jacket with but still a pretty cool honor you get so a Kyrie, we, uh, you get airline lounge access <laughs> you, i heard you get a free vaccine 50 40 90 clubs aren't they all free yes they're all they all are okay i don't know if ari was actually making like a next level joke or if he just didn't understand like i don't, I don't really know um, well, I mean, to I be guess, fair, not to not to go too far off topic, I did see a uh, a, a study today, and there mm-hmm. is like twenty percent of the people that have not gotten the vaccine have not got it because they think they can't afford it, and they're trying to get the messaging out. Like, by the way, it is it is free, so I guess we should do our part, our public service right now, and be like, it's it's free. So just so you know, Ari's Ari's not there's not a giveaway that you have to win. Like, you actually do just get it for free. Okay, so this is this is the natural jumping off point. Then we'll save the other stuff. This is the natural transition. Do do we think something called Ricky Schroeder has been vaccinated? God no. Who is so? Who is this guy? I I have I have seen labels such as childhood star. I have seen soap opera star or you know television star. I, to me, to be a star. I got to know who you are, and I have no idea who Ricky Schroeder is. None. Well, it's R- Ricky Schroeder, and first of all, I think this is on you for not knowing. I don't think it's on Ricky Schroeder for not being famous enough. Um, I think it is. I don't, I don't think. Uh, oh, you know, we just got a transfer. I got to save this one. Um, so Ricky Schroeder was one of the few child stars, John, who actually tra- who actually made it. To be this an adult guy. star, also okay. So, so you know, I just, you just looked, looked him up. So I just looked him up again because the picture that I've seen is like of this wild-looking man, like this dude, <laughs> yeah. and like and like in the video he looks insane. Yeah. And so now I'm looking at pictures of him like without like all of the stuff. I yeah. know who this guy is. Sure. Okay. So First I know all, I don't know him by name. Can I say really quickly though? You want to know why sure. I know who he is? Because he had like a guest stint on Scrubs for like six episodes. Okay. That's the only reason why I know who he is. Okay. Well, he was a child star, uh, most notably uh, for Silver Spoons, which I do believe was before you. I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I don't fault you for not knowing that. Uh, Silver Spoons was a tremendous show. 
uh, about just the an ultra, ultra rich family uh, where this kid went to live. And uh, he had like a train that went around the whole property. I was very jealous of that as a kid. Uh, where you can just ride a train around your whole, you have a whole, a whole estate that you could ride a train around. It was great. Yeah, no it it ran from room. 82 to 87. So I got no shot. Yeah, no chance. I mean, I, I barely knew it as a kid. I, I saw like in syndication more. Um, but he then trans, you know, transitioned to adult stardom. Um, you know, such things as NYPD blue and others. Now I have to hear him about him all the time. Probably once a week, I have to hear his name. Because I don't know if you know this, uh, and you could—I know you referenced earlier—you're going to be on the press box tomorrow. Uh, our friend Ed Graney was a child actor, and why would you say this? Like, I have so many questions. He okay. Well, you, you can you can ask them tomorrow when you're on his show. But also, do I take over? Do I take over the spot and just start asking Ed all sorts of childhood actor questions? Yeah, because well, I'll Are tell you. you because, so I was around him yesterday. And anytime Ricky Schroeder is in the news, Ed gets blown up by everyone he knows because one of Ed's big childhood disappointments was he thought he had a part and Ricky Schroeder came in and just crushed the audition and <laughs> knocked him out of <laughs> knocked him out of the part <laughs> and then went on to superstardom. Well, Ed went on to become a columnist at the, at the RJ. And so, like, anytime Ricky Schroeder's in the news, he gets he gets hit up about it. Okay, so why we're talking about Ricky Schroeder <laughs> is because he is still one of the many few who are accosting people for wearing masks, specifically employees of massive conglomerates and institutions like Costco. So this is Schroeder, uh, of course, being told, sorry, sir, it's company policy. You have to wear a mask inside. Uh, what's wrong, Ari? What are we doing? Okay, so here's Schroeder. This is halfway through, and this is Schroeder's threat. You're going to make me wear a mask. I'm going to make you feel it in the pocketbook. I'm getting my refund from Costco. I suggest everybody in California get their refund from Costco. Give up your membership to Costco until they remove this. There's my refund. You're the manager? I'm the manager. Okay, I'm suggesting everybody in California get a refund from Costco. Until this rule is lifted. Why not? Why just California? Why not everybody in the world? (laughs) (laughs) It's also very presumptuous to assume that everybody in California is watching your, I don't know, was he on live or was he just recording it? Uh, I I think he was recording. I'm not 100% sure, but also I'm not sure about anything this guy says. Like what? Why do you have a problem with this? This is—it's just so frustrating to me. Like, what, just leave people alone. Of course, just it's an employee that has nothing. Especially employees, just they're doing their job. What is your problem? And also, let's like so many people have misinterpreted what the ruling was the other day. Like, get it, get it straight. Like, nothing has changed. There was no ruling. I saw people like, oh, they're admitting masks don't work now. Like, no. There was no change in policy for people that aren't vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, there is still a mask mandate. You are still to wear the mask. Get vaccinated or wear the mask. That's the choices. But also stop accosting people that are still doing it or that are doing it because their employees tell them to do it or are working at a place where their employees do it. You know, 
I, I don't I don't want to get too far into it. Like, but you know, people yesterday there was like a vaccine clinic where they were trying to encourage people to get vaccinated, and people were like, "Well, I'm not shopping there anymore." Like, okay, <laughs> then don't. I guess like we're just, we're trying to make we're trying to save people's lives, even if you think it's wrong and it doesn't work. Why would you be mad when people are trying to help save people's lives? If that's the goal, it's just, it's insane. But, well, but clearly Ricky Schroeder is insane. I mean, he also, like, he, and whatever you feel about the Kyle Rittenhouse kid, like, he took a picture with that kid and, like, contributed and paid for his, like, defense. Of course and, he did. And, and, you know, I, I think, you know, there's still, there's still a trial to be had and there's still decisions, decisions to be made. And so, like, you don't prejudge, but, like, you're, you're taking a stand before there's ever, you know, full information out on the kid. Like, relax. Like, just, just relax, Ricky. Well, Settle down. Time heals all wounds. It allows you to sit back, think about what you've done. Ricky did have time. And Adam, he actually apologized. What I want to say is, um, first off, to uh, Jason at Costco. Jason, nothing personal. I'm not upset with you or anybody in a position... Uh, like you have as a, uh, works for, for a living. I understand that you are following their laws and rules. I, uh, I was trying to make a point to the corporate overlords and sorry that I had to use you to do it. Um, and I'm sorry, I hurt, if I hurt your feelings, I apologize. But I, I, I do think that independence from medical tyranny is more important than hurting people's feelings. God. Trying to teach what, a point to me. What on earth? Corporate Orville. I can't even. Oh man, you know what? I'm glad we have Americans like Ricky Schroeder, man. You he's said protecting me. He's protecting you. He's protecting Ari. He is from medical tyranny. Medical um, tyranny. <laughs> I, whatever. Corporate um, overlords, bro. You said time heals all wounds. Uh, I don't think that's true. I can tell you, Ed is still very affected. <laughs> Ricky Schroeder got the part. The movie was The Champ. I was just looking it up. It's uh, It was Ricky Schroeder's big break. Well, so, it could have been Ed's. It could have been Ed. That's why, he's, that's why he's so distraught and disappointed. But he said he knew right away because it was like a big emotional movie. I've never watched the movie. Uh, but apparently, like, it's, a, it's an emotional character. And Ed said that you know he was he auditioned and he killed it and he was like uh, he was having he had the part basically, and then Ricky Schroeder came in and just like cried like right on cue, and it was like so real and he's like ah god damn it <laughs> he's got it. Nova Home Loans brings you the three. It's a refi raid at Nova Home Loans with interest rates of seven hundred Nova. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given. Adam Hill. That is from J.R.R. Tolkien, author of Lord of the Rings. Where did that come from? Time waits for no man, Adam Hill. I don't know what's one going day, on right now. One day you're starting as a 
squeaky-nosed gumshoe at the bottom of the rung when it comes to broadcasting. The next, you're retiring as a legend, just like Marv Albert. Marv Albert's done. Longtime voice of the NBA. Retiring after this playoff run. Doesn't it bite? Oh. He's not going to be there anymore. Oh. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Did you look up that Tolkien quote, or did you, did you know that? <laughs> I looked it up. Okay. It's actually, if you want to see too, so this is the part where nobody's going to really care or understand, but I'm going to do it for you anyway. Uh, the way that we are communicating with each other uh, from our various locations is through StreamYard, so I can show you what I'm looking at. I Google imaged phrases about time, so I could have that ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. You're, it's on a cheesy little background. I don't see you anymore, so I think you just disappeared, so... Your purple shirt is gone. I'm above you. Oh, that's very, it's very weird. I might be frozen, actually. Oh, you might be frozen. I think that's what happened. Nightmare. So I'm frozen on, on nothing happening. Uh, so I did not see your quote, but that's a good quote about Marv Albert. And, I mean, wow, to work in the biting reference, John, that's professional broadcasting right there. It is. I'm almost as good as Marv Albert. Um, yeah, Marv Albert retiring. I'm very excited about this. He needed to retire like three seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like we allow broadcasters to go on way too long because of um, really just you know romanticizing the past and you know uh, uh, like oh I remember I remember when I was a kid and that's the broadcaster I like to listen to and so I think like a lot of times we uh, we do that with broadcasters and, and let them go on too long. I mean, good lord, Madden and Summerall. They were just still going, and they were just a disaster. Yes, and I'm laughing because if you went on Reddit and the NBA subreddit when this article was shared, every response was some variation of, oh, no, and now they've changed it to next season. Or, oh, no, now they've changed it to actually 2023. In reference to the fact that Marv Albert's biggest mistake every time was like an elbow jumper and calling it a three-point shot. And then oh, every yeah. time, and then every time going, looks like they've changed it to a two. Like, no, Marv, they never changed it. It was always <laughs> it's just, a two. That's what it was. <laughs> you got it wrong. Looks like Marv's actually getting it right now. That's how it should have how it should have been. Uh, that's great that people are calling out like the, that he would uh, he would do that. And and I see that with a lot of older broadcasters too. Like it's the way they cover, right? It, it's mm -hmm. you know they're, they're going to make a lot of mistakes. I mean, I'm I'm thinking back with like. God, Harry Carey um, was, and I know that, and again, people in Chicago were just fine with it because it was Harry Carey, and they just enjoyed listening to him. But, like, he had no idea what was happening in the play. So, at some point, like, isn't your job, is it, when you can't do your job anymore, how much do we still look at, you know, a tradition and, you know, embracing the past and how much do we look at you just can't do the job anymore? It, it is a tough call, but I think Marv Albert's been there for a while. So, Marv's made a lot of mistakes. This isn't to like bash on the guy for an entire you know twenty minute spot. Kind of sure. happy it's done. We'll see. We could, we could, but we won't. But along that line, did the Clippers make a mistake in trying to avoid the Lakers? Because all I've seen Adam since the end of the regular season was just the Clippers getting dragged for, you know, punting on the last two games to ensure themselves a smarter and easier path through the postseason. Here's my thing. 
why aren't we mad at the Nuggets for doing the exact same thing, except just getting out tanked? Like, right? Like, I get that the Clippers are disliked, and I, un- I totally understand why. But if you're going to get mad at the Clippers, don't you get mad at the Nuggets too? Like, I was talking with our friend Chad Andrews, uh, Chad Andrews out in Denver, and he and he DM me. He's like, dude, but the, I know you like the Clippers. What they did was totally whack. And I was like, the Nuggets did the exact same thing. He's like, yeah, well, no, they don't have a Finals MVP. I'm like, no, you can't. You don't just get to change the parameters around this. If you're upset that the Clippers tanked, then you should be mad that the Nuggets tried to do the exact same thing. Uh, Yeah, of course you should. And I guess the the easy thing to do is is point out that the Clippers lost to basically like the two worst teams, or at least the two worst teams down the stretch uh, in the entire league. And like it was clear what they were doing. And even though the Nuggets got trashed because they didn't try, it was like, oh, well, they lost to Portland. Well, yeah, but they lost on purpose. Right. Like they didn't try, so there, there's no difference. Just because you know we we look at who you lost to and say, oh, you could have won one of those games or both those games. Like, yeah, but you you if you didn't try, it's the same thing. No matter who you lost to, just because you lost to a better team, like you weren't trying. And so, yeah, I, I think it was clear that teams were doing this, and in particular, the Clippers clearly did it. But you can't fault them when other teams did the same thing, and and other teams were trying to like. Is it your job? To give yourself the best chance to win? No. Like that's your job as a coach and as an organization. No, you're supposed to do it the right way. Nobody does. Who does? I mean, the, the Lakers, they could have they could have forced themselves in the regular season to throw guys out there and try to win and try to get out of the play-in, but they, figured, they, they thought it's a better path to be healthy than it is to try to go all out and crazy and try to, you know, try to stay in the – you know, out of the playing game. Theoretically, for them. could I push this so far and go, every champion is a pansy and didn't do it the right way unless they were the last possible seed in their respective sport. Your championship doesn't count unless you were like a wild card team in the NFL or like an eight or a seven or a six in the NBA. Doesn't count. Those teams did it the right way. They took on all the challenges because they have the hardest path. No, I think right. I think what what everybody wants is for everyone to go all out as hard as they can every single game. Bees to the dubs, which is insane. Like we, you know, we've seen very clearly that load management works in terms of keeping guys healthier and fresher and and more available. Softer. Like it works. I, I guess it's it's nonsense, um, but like those things work. They, they make you better. So you are doing what's best for your team. But that's not what people want either. So th- they're mad either way. What they want, I guess, is some perception of trying to kill yourself on every single play, every single game. Yep. Is what people, for some reason, want. Humans are weird, man. I feel like, uh, you know, at some point, like if aliens were to come and look down on us and just observe things, they would have a lot of questions about it. <laughs> Speaking of, you're really trying to shoehorn this in. When we come back, we're going to talk about aliens. Oh, and Ari's going to answer the question because I know he totally texted Dave Koken like I asked him. We're going to find out if Dave believes in aliens. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. So what you're telling me is that UFOs, unidentified flying objects, are real. Bill, I think we're beyond that already. 
The government has already stated for the record that they're real. I'm not telling you that. The United States government is telling you that. You know how this sounds. It sounds nutty, wacky. Yeah, look, Bill, I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you that, that it doesn't sound wacky. What I'm telling you is real. The question is, what is it? What are its intentions? What are its capabilities? Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 All right, so I had an idea. On the days in which we take over the show, which are few and far between, we're going to have a new segment. Okay. We're going to call it Just Vibin' Today. <laughs> Just Vibin'? And all it is, it's going to be an interesting article that I found while I was just vibing today and scrolling through the internet. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know if it has to be today, right? Like, just vibing, I think, could be the... It's well, more my catchy. Name's JBT. My name's JBT, though. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Sponsors are lining not, up for this one. I did not put that together. That's very impressive. You're right. You just vibing today. Much better. Just vibing today with JVT. That's right. Just vibing today. I like it. So when I was just vibing today, Adam, I spotted a piece on CBS. Headline, UFOs regularly spotted in restricted U.S. airspace. Report on the phenomena due next month. Marco Rubio even thinks that we should take this seriously. If that guy thinks we should take it seriously, he's an educated politician. Don't you think we should take this seriously? Was that him right there? No, that was that was part of the 60 okay. Minutes report. Okay. All right. It is real. The U.S. government is telling you it's real. This is, I, first off, Ari, what did Dave say? No chance. Uh, oh. he's, he's telling me something else that has nothing to do with the question I asked him right now. Mm, mm. So so I don't have an just texted yet. him right now to ask him? Oh, I got three dots. <laughs> You, you have you know he's he texting you back, Dots? Yep. Oh, okay, let's see. But what what you're telling us is that, is that you just now texted him, not an hour ago, and we asked you to text him? Correct. Uh, at 3.32, so not just right now, but yeah. Four minutes ago, sure. Yeah, I was out of the studio doing other crazy things, remember? Okay. You had your well, phone. That's right, because you forgot to read the rundown. Uh, all right, let's go <laughs> around the room. Adam first. Aliens, yes or no? Uh, do I believe in in life? Outside of Earth, yes. Do you believe that in the endless universe that we are the only lucky speck in the endless vast space that developed intelligent life? Uh, no, I don't. I believe that there is there is some life of some sort. Do I believe like little green men landed on on Earth like have probed people or things like that? No, I, I don't. But there's absolutely life for sure. Mari? I pretty much agree with all of that. I think there's something out there. I don't think we have a clue on like what they're really operating at. Because I I find that I think that they're way advanced. Like Not just like the movies. I really do, though. Uh, but yeah, I kind of agree with Adam about the some of that. Like, you know, coming down to Earth and stuff. Yeah, all that. Mm, well, well put. Well said. Well, well said. Uh, <laughs> I think they exist. Yes. Let's hear from uh, Navy pilot. David Fravor. Wait, this is part you, of the are, are you not going to answer? I mean, clearly I do. I built an entire <laughs> segment around our government telling us whether or not these UFOs are real. I thought I thought you were just vibing today. I didn't know that I you was were vibing making a today. stance. 
I thought you were just you were just asking questions. I didn't know you were making a stance on this. Well, this is so real, bro. You gotta ask the questions, man. Yeah. Is that All good? Right, what, what do we got here? So you're gonna hear the voice of uh, Navy pilot David Fravor, and he's gonna talk about his experience with the UFO. Let's start us off 60 minutes, man. What do we got? For a week, the advanced new radar on a nearby ship, the USS Princeton, had detected what operators called multiple anomalous aerial vehicles over the horizon, descending 80,000 feet in less than a second. On November 14th, Fravor and Dietrich, each with a weapon system officer in the back seat, were diverted to investigate. They found an area of roiling whitewater the size of a 737 in an otherwise calm blue sea. Ooh, okay. So we have roiling white water. We have two fighter jets flying over to investigate the roiling white water in an otherwise calm blue sea. Okay, this is getting interesting. Wait, hold on. Was did they put those weird sounds in, or was that actually was, footage of like a full plane? Yeah, it was, it was B-roll. They were on like a flight, like you know those okay. ships out in the middle with all the jets taken off <laughs> okay. and everything like that. So that was what you heard. All right, let's wait, continue. Wait, you mean an, wait, an wait. aircraft? An aircraft carrier? Aircraft carrier. Yeah. What did I say? Okay, you said a yeah. ship with all those jets taking off in the water. Well, that's what it is. It's a ship with all those sure, but there's, there's a name for it, John. Well, bro, I was just vibing. You know what I mean? I was just vibing, watching this piece. That's, you know? that, that's true. That's true. So, as we're looking at this, her backseater says, hey, Skipper, do you? And about that, got out, I said, dude, do you, do you see that thing down there? And we saw this little white, tic-tac-looking object, and it's just kind of moving above the whitewater area. As Dietrich circled above, Fravor went in for a closer look. Sort of spiraling down? Yep. The tic-tac's still pointing north-south. It goes, and just turns abruptly and starts mirroring me. So as I'm coming down, it starts coming up. Ooh. So this little white tic-tac starts mirroring his movements. As he's going down, he's coming up. It did a little whoop, started doing exactly what he did. He continues with the story. Let's hear more about this UFO because uh, it's about to get interesting, Adam. He said it was about the size of his F-18 with no markings, no wings, no exhaust plumes. I want to see how close I can get. So I go like this and it's climbing still. When it gets right in front of me, it just disappears. Disappears? Disappears. Like, gone. It had sped off. What do you think so far? Pretty enthralling, don't you think? I mean, yeah, obviously, like, a, a craft with no wings. In no just plumes kind of, of smoke, nothing? Definitely advanced, John. Uh, 80,000 know feet in a matter of seconds? What are we doing? It's impressive. This is clearly alien work, is it not? If it's true. So now you hate the military? No. Who said that? I, I clearly. Where did that, I think, where did I that come clearly, from? I mean, clearly you hate the military. So, like, this is ridiculous. How do you not believe the word of a trained officer? Fair enough. I mean, but I mean, it's also. It's one of them. Like, if all four of them were sitting there and they all, they all said it, I, I guess. Oh, yeah? Oh, that's a very interesting point, Adam. Counterpoint, play the clip. Seconds later, the Princeton reacquired the target, 60 miles away. Another crew managed to briefly lock onto it with a targeting camera before it zipped off again. You know, I think that over beers, we've sort of said, hey, man, if I saw this solo, I don't know that I would have come back and said anything because it sounds so crazy when I say it. You understand that reaction? 
I do. I've had some people tell me, you know, when you say that, you can sound crazy. And I'll be honest, I'm not a UFO guy. But from what I hear you guys saying, there's something. Yes. Oh, there's, there's definitely something that, I don't know who's building it, who's got the technology, who's got the brains, but there's, there's something out there that was better than our airplane. Boom. Four people saw it. Two speaking to 60 Minutes. It wasn't just one. And picked up 60 miles away, seconds later, on targeting cameras. And there's images. I've seen them. You have? They showed them yeah, on there? Yeah, they showed it on the clip. Did they show, they show the video? Yeah. Well, they didn't show their experience. They showed video of the targeting camera that they were referring to. But they didn't show what they picked up on it? No, they did. They showed. It's a little, like, just like they describe. It's like a little white Tic Tac thing. It looks just like that, and it, like, zips away. Right. I'm going to have to watch this. You're going to have see, to watch I'll it. see what I think it is. Maybe it's it could just be a drone that somebody's flying around. I don't know. No, we don't know. That's the whole point. But I think the, the military knows, and we're going to get a briefing on this next month. That's the important I can't, part. I can't wait. It's exciting. Uh, I know. Well, hopefully I'm just vibing that day. We can talk about it. <laughs> if not, if not, then unfortunately we won't be able to discuss it because this is totally, totally in your realm. It's very true. Let's get a vibe check for the Vegas Golden Knights. Storm Bivana Tony Cruz is next. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. I think we'll look at the tape, try and find uh, some more offense, uh, obviously five on five and on the power play. You know, it's a one goal game, so we got to find uh, another goal tonight somewhere, somehow, prior to it getting to overtime. And for me, just get a rest. That, that's going to take a, a lot out of you physically, and when you lose a game like that, mentally too. So, you know, it's nice to have a day tomorrow to regroup. It's time for VGK ringside reporter Stormy Bonantoni on Cofield and Company. That was a voice of Pete DeBoer. Actually asked that question by Stormy yesterday, post-game, after the Vegas Golden Knights lose one nothing in overtime to the Minnesota Wild. Stormy, thank you for the time. Uh, so we're going to start in the obvious spot here. Uh, do you believe in aliens? Do I believe in aliens? Yes, why? Okay, well... <laughs> We were discussing the uh, very, very in-depth 60 Minutes report the other day, uh, the fact that uh, the U.S. government is actually going to uh, debrief us on all the UFO sightings that they have seen, including the one on tape, and we were discussing it at length and wanted to know what you thought about it. So it's good to know that you believe in aliens like me. Adam, kind of not a believer. Yeah, come on. I think that we would be very selfish to think that we are the only ones in this big old gigantic universe that we've got going on. I, yeah, for sure. I'm all in on the alien game. Hold on. To be clear, I said there's definitely something <laughs> out there. I was like, but I don't believe in like little green men that have walked down and like taken people from trailer parks. That's totally fair. But would that not be like the coolest thing ever? Though? I mean, not stealing people from trailer parks, but the That's little insane. green men thing. That would be pretty cool if that was legit. Sure. Just, I don't think I don't think <laughs> we have the capability of just identifying exactly what aliens are. They could be anything. Yeah. OK. Yeah, I'm on board with that. JVT, you don't like that that answer? I prefer to think that people have been taken and terrorized and experimented on. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's how I get through my days. Yeah, it's true. That's fair. Uh, and also, that was a that was part of a new thing that we're doing on the show when John's here. Stormy called "Just Vibing Today" with JVT, and that was his "Just Vibing" news. Okay, I don't know if those are good vibes though. We need good vibes, especially for this segment if we're trying to. You know, get the Golden Knights back on track. We need positivity wow. in this in this segment. 
What a segue. That's a yeah. true pro right there. Unlike this show, that is a true professional. So uh, what is the vibe around the Vegas Golden Knights story after a loss like that? I couldn't help but feel like watching the post-game press conference, reading social media, like that this team wasn't down one nothing. It was down almost like 2-1 or 3-1 in a series. And I would assume that a lot of that has to do with just the lack of success against the Minnesota Wild over the long haul. Yeah, there's there's clearly um, frustration there, and I think for a team like the Golden Knights that have such high expectations, I mean, they did everything in their power to get the pieces put together, salary cap, you know, fight, fought the salary cap all year long to be in a position where you can have the best team possible and win a Stanley Cup this year. You know, it is a win or win the Stanley Cup or bust mentality for this team, no question. So I see why there were the, you know, sulking faces, whether it was in the dress room or from the fan base yesterday, because the expectations have been risen so high for this team. But today being at City National and seeing some of the guys, um, you know, they're pretty fired up and they want to bounce back tomorrow. I, you might not have gotten that vibe from the press conference as much when you <laughs> hear Alex Tuck say, you know, every loss in the playoffs is devastating. But that's that's the vibe. I mean, it's true. They were really, really frustrated. And winning, going down in their barn game one of the postseason, there's reason to be frustrated, especially against a team, like you said, that's had their number. But, I mean, these guys – are going to come in with a different mindset tomorrow. And I, I talked to Mark Stone uh, before even game one, and I remember him talking about how the postseason message from him, you know, as a captain and what their kind of goal is as a team is that it's a long process, that you don't win on day one of the playoffs, but you can set yourself back. So it's about sticking together, and it's about having each other's backs through the good and bad, and that's what's important for them because there are going to be momentum swings through games and through series, and you have to come together as a group to overcome that, and I think that first step is going to have to come tomorrow. As you were there at the arena yesterday, did you get the feeling that game was ever going to end? Right. <laughs> well, so it's interesting because when we got to overtime, I was really curious what was going to happen? I mean, honestly, after the first period, you can you can understand why the team was frustrated because they played an excellent first period. And then Alex Tuck hits that post at the very last second that, honestly, from my angle where I was watching, I was like, oh, my gosh, they, they just scored in the final seconds of the period. That's great for momentum. And then, nope, it doesn't go in. So, uh, you know, an unfortunate bounce there that could have, I think, a moment like that could – change the tone of a game and the complexion of a game completely, but it just didn't happen. And so then you go on, it's like, still, nobody can get anything through. The goaltending was just so fun to watch throughout the entire night. Like, the best nothing-nothing game. And then, yeah, it keeps dragging on. You get to overtime, and you think about how good the VGK have been in overtime all year long, but it's not three-on-three. So that was my biggest question, Mark, was going into overtime, what happens in five-on-five overtime? especially since you don't have Max Pacioretty. And obviously we know the outcome. It was a, a wonky goal that ends up being the deciding factor in this one after such great goaltending. But, yes, it was a, a lengthy, nothing-nothing game, but a great one to watch. Uh, how how big do you think the loss of or the absence of Pacioretty is, not only for yesterday, but for whenever he's not there and the, and the fact that you know when he gets the puck, he knows how to finish. There's been so many chances, so many opportunities – that haven't been finished in the playoffs the last couple of years. He's a guy that knows how to do that, and him not being there is a big part of them not being able to finish some of these chances. 
Yeah, he's a guy that definitely has just a different level of firepower. He's your leading scorer for a reason. So, of course, he's going to be heavily missed. But I think the the reason for me, not just his his finishing ability, why he's missed so much, is what he does on that top line for Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Because we've heard a lot about how Stevenson is kind of the engine for them with his speed, and it helps open things up for those two guys. But having the skill on, on from Pacioretty, Helps open things up for Mark Stone, too, because Pacioretty knows the places he needs to be. And Stone's so quick and so smart, like mentally, that he can get the puck pretty much wherever he wants to go. And he knows where Patch is going to be. When you have Tomas Nosek starting a game on the top line, you're not going to get that same result at all. And I understand why Pete DeBoer went with Nosek. He explained at postgame that he felt like his first game back in a while, he was going to be fresh and bring some much-needed energy. But it obviously didn't work out. It wasn't the play. He made a change and threw Alex Tuck up there, which I think is probably the way we're going to see things tomorrow. Um, if Max Pacioretty, of course, is not available, Pete DeBoer said that he's day-to-day and we're just kind of playing the waiting game when it comes to patches. Don't know much about his injury or what he's dealing with. Um, and hopefully you do get him back. He is a game-changing type of a player, and especially if this team is looking to make a, a run down the long haul, he's a guy that you're going to need. So um, for right now, you know, they, they, if they can get through these games that he's not available, that's huge. But we we haven't seen it in game one. So who's going to kind of raise their game, elevate their game to the occasion uh, tomorrow when he's needed? So, Stormy, we hear a lot of kind of the same talking points. I shouldn't call them talking points. Just what Minnesota has done against Vegas, right? Bodies in front of the net, blocking shots, things like that. And yet we kind of see some similar results here going forward. So I asked Adam the question, I'll ask you, like, should there be a a little bit of a, I guess we'll continue with the word, the vibe for fans, a little bit of a worry here that we've kind of seen the same thing play out in game one. We do have a long series, but the same things against Minnesota that keep getting the Vegas Golden Knights. I understand why there would be a worry. I personally don't think you should feel that until there's like a more legitimate reason. You know, if, if you get down 3-0 in a series, you're having a totally different conversation in my mind from the worrying standpoint than you are after game one. I think that, like you said, there is still a lot to play for. But um, you're right. They Those net front battles are so pesky. And you look at the Golden Knights' 42 shots in that game – only nine of them are within 20 feet. So how do you penetrate and how do you get closer to the net? The physicality in the game normally, like a lot of things that the Golden Knights do really well, it's almost like Minnesota kind of used it against them and made that their strength in a way. Like the physicality game, we talk about Ryan Reeves and those big bodies that the Golden Knights typically have, but they out-hit the Golden Knights with a, you know, playoff franchise record 71 hits and um the golden knights obviously were right there too but because of that physicality you're keeping those hits to the boards and keeping guys outside so uh, it's just an interesting game i think i personally do not think that there should be you know this dark cloud hanging over the golden knights i think that they are an outstanding team they know what they need to do to bounce back. They are exceptional, honestly. Like, they don't lose multiple games very often. So, you know, you're hoping that those other positive trends that the Golden Knights have had all year long outweigh maybe the negative ones they've had against Minnesota specifically. Uh, what what sense did you get of what Ryan Reeves brought, bringing back? I mean, we talked about Minnesota being physical, and I think they were trying to match – the physicality that Vegas was bringing with Ryan Reeves back out there and that, and that line starting the game and, and what they can bring. But 
just what did the presence of Ryan Reeves bring to the to the ice in your mind? I think it was, you know, it's unfortunate that he didn't have a shot on goal. He was the only Golden Knights player not to have one. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do wish that there was a little bit more of that offensive side to his game, but the physicality is is something special that Ryan Reeves brings. And I, I love that they started the game and had him out there and that he can be that kind of tone setter. The first period was the best period that the Golden Knights played, and they outplayed them a lot in the first period. He had 10 hits on the game. McNabb was right there with 10 hits himself as well. He's been a really physical presence on the defensive end. And, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Ryan Reeves, and especially given – you know, the, the chirpiness and the fights that we've seen in this Minnesota series and kind of the liberties that were taken when he wasn't out there, I think it's it's important for Revo to be there in this series, for sure. Stormy Bonatoni again, reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights, Game Misconduct Podcast as well. Stormy, good to talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. You too. She's going to bring that alien discussion to the podcast too, I think. It's a good conversation. She was in. She was in. Oh, I could, dude. I could talk about aliens. So don't get me started on ghosts. I'm going to talk about ghosts. All right. There's not ghosts. Ghost story. Oh, I got there's, real good stories. There's definitely not ghosts. Uh, on the other side, my absolutely true and real ghost story that will convince Adam Hill that ghosts are real. Visit lvsportsnetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.